0: that will make huge impact. And by simple, I mean very simple. No complex, no multi-step processes, super, super simple. No one has time for long things. No one has brain capacity for extra stuff. We need simple things that have massive impact. Go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer and I'll see you there. Welcome to the Schools of Excellence podcast, where we have conversations about education, leadership, and building a school of excellence. The goal on this show is to bring you clarity, uplevel your mindset, and give you practical strategies and inspiration so you can show up with confidence and trust your decision-making. I'm Chani Wolshansky, I'm a mom of 4 under 10, a former New Yorker, and been in the early childhood field my entire life. And I'm so grateful that you've joined me for this conversation. Welcome back to the Schools of Excellence podcast. I am really excited for today's episode because I am introducing a new concept that I've been talking about a lot recently that have not yet recorded a podcast episode. So today's episode is an introduction to the bridge. And the bridge is an acronym for the six meta skills to build and sustain your school of excellence. Now, if you're curious about the bridge and you're thinking to go and Google it, you're not going to find any information on it because this is a new piece of intellectual property IP that myself and Schools of Excellence has created. We're in the process of trademarking it. And so Schools of Excellence actually has numerous trademarks and IP that we've created over the last five years. Um, So much of the IP that we've created sits inside our flagship programs of the Directors Inner Circle and our Owners HQ program. And the BRIDGE is one of our newest IPs, which is an acronym for these six meta skills. Now, before I explain to you what the BRIDGE stands for, I want to talk about this concept of meta skills. A meta skill is a master skill that magnifies and activates other skills. And so what that means is there are certain skills that are just skills And the meta skill is this super skill that sits on top of the basic skills that when you know how to do that skill, it magnifies and activates other skills that come after it. Now, why am I talking about this concept of meta skills? Well, one of the quotes that I love from Alvin Toffer is, the illiterate of the 21st century will not be those who cannot read or write but those who cannot learn, unlearn, and relearn. It's powerful because the illiterate of this century are going to be the people who cannot learn, unlearn, and relearn. And so if we understand that, then we have to look at, okay, well, then what are the skills needed to learn, unlearn, and relearn? Well, what we're experiencing in the world today is a world that cannot tolerate discomfort. It is a world that cannot sit in pain. We cannot sit in the unknowing, the not knowing, the pause, the quiet. It needs to be filled immediately with stimulation. We struggle with sitting with the uncertainty, with the ambiguity, and so we systematize it. Let's create a process. Let's create a system. Let's create a checklist. Let's create a PowerPoint. Let's put as many barriers as humanly possible to the discomfort so we don't have to feel the discomfort. I'm all for systems and processes. Schools of Excellence has multiple systems and processes and blueprints that we've created to help school leaders streamline their operations and the way that they operate and run their schools. The issue with systems is when they become false gods. It's when we worship the system and the process and the policy as the end all be all. If I could just train them on this system, they won't make mistakes. If I could just get them to understand this process, then oh, it would be amazing. If I could just teach them the process of how we close tours, then they would close every single tour. If I could just teach them this slide deck, if I could just finish creating this handbook. And when I add page 49 with this 10th bullet point, Bam, now I've eliminated all my problems. Guys, when we buy into this false philosophy that there is some powerful way to escape pain or discomfort or mistakes, you're being delusional. You're being delusional. And if Listening to this makes you uncomfortable. That's okay. You don't need to listen to this podcast. You can skip and go listen to some of my other episodes that are a little bit different than this episode. Here I'm going to be talking straight talk. We have to stop obsessing over the checklist and the process, it is killing our cultures. We are obsessed with systemization and operations. And we have completely lost the plot that no system is foolproof. Look at the supply chain crisis. Look at inflation right now. Look at the state of our world. Do you think we're going to systematize our way out of inflation? Do you think you're going to systematize your way out of the supply chain crisis? Do you think you're going to process your way out of all the issues that are going on in the world? That's not the way you come out of the pain or of any issue or obstacle or struggle. First, you have to sit with it. What's really going on here? What's happening here? Where do we need to create more space, more margin for error, more margin for human error, more space for reflection so that we can learn and unlearn and see what's next? Everyone is very quick to finger point. Oh, it's because this handbook didn't have page 49 with bullet point 72. That is why the teacher made that mistake. No, that is not why the teacher made that mistake. Ah, oh, if you would have said this word during the tour, you would have closed the tour. Really? Is that true? This is where nuanced... Learning comes in, and we don't like nuanced learning. We don't like ambiguity. We want black and white. It's either this or this, because then, ah, then we can control it. Then we can control it. And when I can control it, then I feel safe. Then all is well in the world because I can manipulate and control the outcome. You cannot manipulate, exploit, or control anyone, any outcome, any person. You are in charge of yourself. You are in control of yourself. That's it. It's the only person you're in control of. Why am I going down this whole rabbit hole here? Because we have created almost this marriage contract with our systems. And we've created a false narrative that if I get my systems and operations well, I'm golden. I talk to leaders all the time. Nine out of ten times. What's your biggest problem? I need to get my systems in order. I need to get my processes in order. I need to get my operations in order. I need to get my staff to follow, you know, school policy. I need to, you know, create more accountability. I need to, uh, all the things. Yes. You need to do all the things. Do you know what the first thing we teach in any of my leadership programs? How to control yourself. How to lead yourself. How to manage yourself. How to be disciplined with yourself. And then you could start to learn how to do that with others and lead others. We look outside of ourselves because we believe all the problems sit outside of us. So we also believe all the answers sit outside of us. When you learn to shift your mindset that the struggles live here, so the answers live here, your life becomes more free. Jocko Wilnock is a uh, retired Navy SEAL. And one of his famous quotes that I absolutely love, discipline is freedom. Discipline is freedom. Not spreadsheet is freedom. Not SOP is freedom. Not PowerPoint handbook blueprint is freedom. Discipline. Discipline will give you the freedom that you're looking for. And the discipline doesn't come from controlling or manipulating other people. It comes from understanding the meta skills that you need to understand how to do. Now, the reason I use such strong words like control, manipulate, and exploit is because we are delusional thinking that we're not doing those things, but we are. When you are asking questions like, how do I get my team to do that? What you're essentially saying is, how do I control their outcomes? How do I manipulate the behavior to make it the way that I want it? It feels uncomfortable to hear that but this podcast is about learning how to tolerate discomfort. So you're in good company. The question is not how do I get my people to do that? The question is, what are my values? What are the meta skills that my people need to learn to honor these values? And how do I design an environment where my team practices the company values? Sounds so simple, but very difficult to execute on. Because all of those answers lie within. All of those answers are not on a spreadsheet. You cannot Google it. You cannot buy it. You cannot borrow it from the school next door. You cannot go to a conference and get it. You cannot go to a training and listen to it and copy it or swipe copy it or steal it. It sits within you. And that discomfort is not fun. It's not fun. So what is the bridge? What is this meta concept? I talk to directors and owners every single day. And on Wednesdays I talk for eight hours straight with owners and directors, it's my coaching call day. And over the last 18 months, there's a pattern that has been emerging Now, for those of you that are new to the podcast or new to my work or my story, I am very fascinated by pattern recognition. And so when I hear questions that leaders bring up, when I hear things that are going on or whatever it is, I am looking for the pattern. What's really going on here? What's happening? What's underneath all of this? Why is this going on? And then how do I help the leaders? And what I've been realizing is that we're trying to give tricks and tips for skills that cannot be taught through tips and tricks. We want our teachers to connect with parents and children and their co-teachers and ourselves. And yet the trainings that we're giving them are very myopic. They're very focused on... Here's how to clean the table. Here's how to talk to the kid. Here's how to warm up a bottle. Here's how to wipe the table. Here's how to do the tour. Here's how to write an email. And training is important. But what about when you're not there? What about when your training missed something and didn't have that specific example that they're sitting in front of right now? What happens then? What happens then? What resources are they going to pull from? You didn't handbook it to them. You didn't give them the spreadsheet. So they don't know what to do. So they don't do it. And then you get upset and frustrated and resentful and angry. And then you say, "Yeah, they're just not a good fit. Ah, we should just let them go. Ah, no one's really committed now. Ah, they, uh, blah, blah, blah. all of the things. What if it's not that? What if they need help with these meta skills? What if they need help with these bigger concepts? And so I called it the bridge because when you practice these meta skills, you create the bridge of connection with the people you want to be in relationship with. So today's episode, I'm going to give you a high level view of these six meta skills. And over the next six weeks, every episode, we're going to go into greater depth in for each one of these meta skills. So the bridge stands for boundaries, relational intelligence, Individual advocacy, discernment, generosity, and emotional regulation. So what are boundaries? And why are boundaries a meta skill? You could tell the teacher, you need to get all your work done. These are all the stuff that you need to check off your to-do list. These are all the stuff that need to get done by the end of the week, by the end of the month. All this paperwork needs to be filed by this and this time in order to run payroll. All the things. A teacher who doesn't have boundaries ain't going to get none of that done. Because let me tell you what she's going to be busy with all day. Hey, Miss Amy, I just need to ask you one quick question. Oh, sure. No problem. Come on in. Hey, we're out of purple paint. Where can I get some more? Hey, so uh, Miss Lisa came in and she's running late and uh, we don't know who should cover for her break because she didn't have lunch yet and I really need the bathroom. So what should we do? Hey, Mr. Adams came in, but usually um, it's only dismissal starts at three, but he came at 255. Can I let out his son? Need I continue? In your checklist for what to do during this time. You will not have a bullet point that says, when Mr. Adams comes to pick up at 2.55 and dismissal only starts at three, please do the following. When Miss Lisa knocks on your door when you're trying to run payroll, please do not answer the door, please finish payroll and then answer the door. You can't put that in a slide deck, please. You can't put that in a checklist. You can't do that in a training session or an interview. Please stop lying to yourself. Your director needs boundaries. Boundaries. She needs to know how to close the door. She needs to know how to manage requests. She needs to know how to manage disruptions. Throughout the day and make time for appropriate disruptions, meaning she can't keep the door closed the whole day, right? I already know some of you're listening, but honey, what if I have a director who keeps the door closed all day? Yes, my friend, that is called all or nothing. That is called black and white thinking. That is called either my door is closed the whole day or it's open the whole day. No, 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 no there's something called the middle ground, and it's called boundaries. Sometimes the door has to be opened, and sometimes the door has to be closed. So those are boundaries. Boundaries are also about what you speak about in front of other people versus when you keep your mouth closed. Boundaries are, when do I need to stop working, and when do I need to finish this project even though it's after the time that I'm usually supposed to clock out boundaries now I'm going to explain and do an entire episode on boundaries the next episode is going to be all about boundaries so I will go into much greater depth of what this looks like how to coach it how to mentor it how to measure it how to train for it all the things I'm going to explain that all in the next episode um this episode again is just high level what are the six meta skills so number 1 is boundaries Number two, relational intelligence. Relational intelligence is our ability as humans to connect with others and establish trust. I'm gonna say that again. Relational intelligence is our ability as humans to connect with others and establish trust. So strong emotional intelligence enables relational intelligence to develop and expand. So what does that mean? When you're able to identify and understand your emotions, right? How do I feel in this moment? What is my body telling me in this moment? How am I feeling? Then you are equipped for relational intelligence, relationship building. You cannot build relationships with people if you don't understand your own emotional well-being. What I find and why I chose relational intelligence as a meta skill is because in a world (laughs) where we're almost like valuing these technical skills over everything i actually find relational intelligence to be a top competitive advantage for leaders and business success the skill of relational intelligence right it's you're kind of in this moment so i'm going to i'm going to tell you a story that describes emotional intelligence to perfection Uh, Well, I don't like the word perfection. That describes it really, really well. So, Michalina and I, uh, Michalina is the head of product and head of community in Schools of Excellence. And a couple weeks ago, she and I met for a full week of uh, training to work on the next level product of the Directors in Our Circle and our Owners HQ program. We're constantly evolving the product and expanding and growing it. And so every year around May and June time, we spend time kind of mapping out what the next 12 months will look like. During our training session, I got news that one of our members who's been sick for a while passed away. And it was very, very shocking. While I knew she was sick, I didn't, I wasn't aware of how to the extent of where the sickness had taken her. And I was really, really shocked by the news. And we were literally like smack in the middle of this big thing that was going on. And We had taken a few minute break for me to check in with the business. And, and I saw this message on my phone. And I went to go sit down on the couch and, and kind of take a moment. And Michalina was watching my body language. She was observing, what do I need to do in this moment? This is the relational intelligence of like, okay, do I come sit next to her? Do I bring a box of tissues? Do I let her have some space? Do I ask questions? What do I do in this moment? And To give her credit, for those of you that know her, she did a phenomenal job in reading what my body was saying that I needed. That is relational intelligence, right? It's being aware of your own emotions enough to understand, hmm, what does this person need in this moment? The other thing when I think of relational intelligence is truly intelligent people are very smart about who they surround themselves with. They're very intentional about the different relationships that they create in their life. Because we all know that you're the average of the five people you spend the most time around. And so relational intelligence is understanding that people who you're in relationships with will rub off on you. And if you have a mission that you want to accomplish in your life and you want to leave a legacy and then you surround yourself with the wrong people, whew, You have set yourself up for a life of failure. For anyone that's listening to this podcast, you want to leave a legacy. You're a high achieving school leader. Being relationally smart and intelligent about who you surround yourself with is powerful. That's why it's a meta skill. All right. So, so far we have gone into boundaries and relational intelligence. Let's continue. Individual advocacy. Individual advocacy is a meta skill because it is understanding how to conquer obstacles and make effective decisions. It is the ability to act as an effective agent for yourself. When a person has advocacy, it alleviates their anxiety because they know how to manage competing demands. They know how to break through their own state of overwhelm because they're cognizant of, "Ooh, I'm overwhelmed. Oh, I've got a lot of competing priorities here. What do I need to do? How do I need to advocate for what I need right now to hit my targets, hit my metrics, hit my goals? Right. It's not my boss's responsibility to anticipate every single one of my needs and make sure that I complete my goals. It is my job to ask for what I need and own my own development so that I hit my targets. People who have advocacy and agency in their life, you're usually not going to find them saying things like, I'm so overwhelmed. I'm so overwhelmed. I'm always feeling anxious. I'm always burnt out. I'm, I'm anxious. I'm overwhelmed. I'm burnt out. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. We're all going to have seasons or moments of anxiety, right? That's part of life. There's going to be moments where we feel like it's too much. It's it's overwhelming. It's anxious. It's a lot. It's heavy. We're all going to have moments of that. The people of advocacy are the people who don't stay in that for a long time, right? They feel it. The moment comes and they're like, okay. How am I going to get through this? It's the advocacy. It's being aware of, if I need to do this, what is the right environment I need to put myself in so that I can do this? So I'll give you another example of individual advocacy. I know that the phone is a very stimulating device. It is designed to give you a dopamine hit every time you see it, okay? Now, dopamine is highly addictive, which means if you like being next to your phone, it's because the dopamine hit every time you get a ping and a ding is addictive. So you want to go back to the phone and see what's next. Family is one of my top core values. And the way that I practice family is I want to be present and mindful with my children. And so, the way that I'm an advocate for myself so that I can be there for my kids is I leave my phone in a different room so that I could be present with my kids. When someone is not an advocate for themselves, they say, Oh, the phone pulled me in again. That's why I wasn't able to do that. No, the phone didn't pull you in. You are not aware that the way to advocate for yourself to do this is by telling the phone, Hey, phone. You're going to stay in the closet and I'm going to go into the dining room right now. Because that's what I need. I need separation from the phone to be present with my kids. Not everyone needs that. Some people can totally have the phone in the kitchen and not look at it. Kudos to you. That's not me. I can't do that. If the phone is in my peripheral vision and I can see it, I will check it. Which is why I put it away from me. Right? It's advocating for what I know I need. Right? You're listening to this and might be like, I don't need that. Great. Then do what you need, but be the advocate for yourself. Okay. Boundaries, relational intelligence, individual advocacy. Number four, discernment. My favorite word. Discernment is the wise decision maker, it is the power to see what is not evident to the average mind. And discernment only comes in the pause. And this is why it is so difficult as a meta skill. Because we're running and we're busy and we don't have time. And we have so much to do. When we don't practice discernment, we actually live in a place of confusion, self-doubt, misunderstanding, forgetfulness, and neglect. Discernment is the ability to recognize what to do in certain moments and anticipate what will happen next. Right? A discerning leader doesn't just do what they're told. They ask questions so they can understand the bigger picture. The way you build your discernment muscle is by asking questions. Discernment is a meta skill because This is probably a question I answer once a month on a coaching call. My director went and made a decision about this thing. And I was really frustrated because she really should have filtered that decision through me. Like I wanted to be part of that decision. But then she went ahead and did a different decision without me. And I went and asked me my opinion on something. And I was like, why are you asking me your, my opinion on this? You could Google this. And you know, Every time it happened, everyone starts laughing. And it's like, yeah, that happens to me all the time. This is a lack of discernment. It's a lack of understanding. This is when you use Google. This is when you use YouTube, right? And this is when you check with the boss, right? It's discernment. And here's how you practice it through trial and error, through trial and error, right? And asking questions, So that's discernment. Number five, generosity. Ah, generosity. Why is that a meta skill? All right, well, let's talk about it. Generosity is actually a natural antidepressant. People that are generous, they did so many different studies on this. It actually increases your lifespan because leaders who understand that generosity is actually about giving, and receiving create these incredible cultures. Um, They really understand that without generosity, without this give and take and receiving, you know, it's almost, there's a massive missing ingredient in your center. So I'm going to explain real briefly just again because this is high level concepts is that when you think of a generous leader it's more than you know just sharing your knowledge giving other people credit for their ideas being generous is about giving people latitude permission to make mistakes it's resisting the temptation to step in and fix something when you think you see something better And let me tell you something, this is deceptively hard to do, really, really hard. In the episode when I dive deep into generosity, I'm going to talk about the difference between generosity and neglect because they actually sometimes become interchangeable. Because people think that they're being generous and saying, oh, I trust you here, go do it, when really it's a form of neglect of like, just go do it because I can't be bothered. So we're going to dive into that a lot more when I go into it deeper. But at a high level, again, generosity is not just about giving money. Generosity is generous with your skills, with volunteering, with your knowledge. It isn't being afraid to have a difficult conversation. Because again, generosity, why is it a meta skill? Because you never master generosity. You can always be more generous. I know some of you are listening to this and maybe you've pressed pause a few times throughout this episode, because it's a lot. There's a lot that I'm sharing with you here. There's a lot of information. There's a lot of things to digest. And again, this is a high level and I'm going to take each of these and give it its own episode because that's what each of these meta skills deserve its own episode. Um, Today is really just about helping you understand this from a high level um, and why our company, Schools of Excellence, is really going to be dedicating so much time and energy on these concepts as we move into the next year. So that's generosity. Okay, last one, emotional regulation. Emotional regulation, my definition, is creating space between the stress and the response. Again, it's creating space between the stressor, the thing that stressed you, and the response. What matters in the moment of chaos, which, hello, preschool and early childhood happens all the time, it's creating space between what just happened before you respond. It's this environmental awareness around, oh, Lisa just pulled Max's hair. How do I want to respond to that? And the emotional regulation, what you're looking for, is prolonging the space between what triggered you, that stressor, and your response. Because the more space that you create between those two things, the more you're gonna respond in a rational and regulated way. The reason why I talk so much about emotional regulation is because, again, I'm gonna talk about this all the time. You can do the best training in the world with your staff on discipline, on conscious discipline, on strategies, on positive discipline, and how to talk to kids and all the things. And then in moments of chaos, guess what they do? Their reflexes. I'm going to say that again. In moments of chaos, we respond with our reflexes, not with what we learned in the PowerPoint we respond with our reflexes. What are our reflexes? Well, it's what you've had a lot of practice doing again and again and again. That's why it's a reflex. So if you've had a lot of practice responding to a child pulling hair as saying, stop doing that. Well, that's what you're going to do when Lisa pulls Max's hair. It doesn't matter that three hours ago you just learned in a training with a slide deck and a pretty PowerPoint and a gorgeous notebook that you should respond this way when Lisa pulls Max's hair. doesn't matter. Emotional regulation is your nervous system response to what's happening. It's a body somatic experience. It is not intellectual. And we are trying to train through one modality, the PowerPoint emotional regulation is through the body and your staff need to learn how to create different reflexes to what goes on in the classroom and your directors need to learn how to train themselves to have different responses when their staff do crazy things that drive them bananas like Collins and coming late and knocking on the door and ba 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 they need to learn different reflexes right? You can tell them all day long. Here's how to respond. Here's the policy. Here's what to say. Here's the script. Here's the blueprint. It doesn't matter. In the moment of impact, when it's high stress and high strung, right? You're down to your reflexes. You're down to your reflexes. That's what you got, right? This is why fighter pilots and people who work in the K nine unit and people who work in relief and um, disaster relief and recovery, why do they train all the time? Why are people who work in the canine units, who work in disaster and relief, why do they train every single day? Is there a disaster every single day? Is there a natural disaster every day? Is there a crazy need for um, uh, relief every single day? Of course not. It doesn't happen every single day. They train every single day. So when there is that moment, they're ready. Their reflexes are ready. They're on. Boom. It's game on because every second counts in relief and recovery. Every second could be someone's life. And so they have to train their reflexes to respond in that way. When you're flying a plane that has a million tons of gasoline inside of it, and you're flying over, I don't know what, these giant peaks and there's clouds everywhere, you don't get to open the handbook. You're down to your reflexes and your reflexes come from your training, constant training. They don't come from reading the handbook. They come from training. That's why they train and they don't train with a PowerPoint. They train through multiple modalities and they have to have ridiculous discipline and self-awareness to get in that cockpit. So, I'll give you a little sneak peek just what we're doing in schools of excellence and the directors in our circle and our owner's HQ program. We are actually bringing on a nervous system and emotional regulation specialist who's going to be doing training with our leaders on how they could become aware of their own emotional regulation and their own nervous system and how they respond and how to become more regulated versus dysregulated. Because this is a meta skill. This is a meta skill. If a teacher can learn how to respond in calm, if a director understands how to respond with calm confidence and trust their decision-making process and their discernment, you have a very different school. So there you have it, the six meta skills. I know this was a much longer episode. Um, This is, again, high-level view, the bridge concepts, the six meta skills, Boundaries, relational intelligence, individual advocacy, discernment, generosity, and emotional regulation. Over the next six weeks, I'm going to be diving into each one of these in much, much greater depth, um, where I'm going to be explaining it all so you can understand it. And if you're looking for coaching and training on how to train yourself and your staff and your leadership teams on these concepts, definitely go check out our Directors Inner Circle, our Owners HQ program. The link is in the show notes. Our entire curriculum over the next couple of months is specifically focused on these concepts. So if today's episode intrigued you, definitely go check that out. Thanks so much for listening and looking forward to being on this journey with you with the bridge and learning alongside you guys with these big meta concepts. So thanks so much for joining. If you are loving the Schools of Excellence podcast and have gotten any value out of it for your school, I would love if you can do two things for me. One, subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And two, can you please leave us a review? Reviews help other school leaders know that this is the place to learn how to build a school of excellence. And I would be so grateful if you can do that for us. Your help and support makes this show to be able to be listened by the thousands of other school leaders all around the world. Thanks so much for listening, for giving us your time and attention each and every week. And I appreciate that you have joined us. Hey there. I want to invite you to join me for the strategic summer workshop on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can click the link in the show notes or go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to optimize your already efficient systems or help you tweak some ones that need a little bit more tweaking to help you enter the 2024-2025 school year with ease, with success, and with calmness. Increase your profitability, reduce your expenses, and more than anything, just help you buy back some of your time. I look forward to seeing you there.